0: Good evening, sports world. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Chris Dell here, co-host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast on Go Baller FFS, here to bring you our weekly NFL quick picks, Turkey Day extravaganza. That's, that's right, you heard it here first, folks. We're going to be going over all three of our Thanksgiving NFL games against the spread, sitting here with none other than the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucs, columnist and beat writer and we're just going to jump right into things the 12:30 game of tomorrow and minnesota vikings at the detroit lions vikings favored by three points on the road coming off a huge win against your boy jared goff in the los angeles rams last week Vikings are a Super Bowl contending team. You heard it here first, folks. If they had a good quarterback or a high-caliber quarterback, they would be clear-cut favorites, in my opinion, to win the NFC, even over Philadelphia. But I think they're right there with the Eagles. I got the Vikings rolling on the road in this game. 29-19, 29-19, to 19. I think it stays close, but Minnesota pulls away in the end. Great defense and really good running game on that team right there. Watch out. What say you, Mr. Uh, Allen Doe?
1: I think your mind is clouded with all the turkey you're going to eat tomorrow because I, I just don't see that. Uh, these, are, these are basically two hot teams. Minnesota has won six straight. Detroit has won three straight, including four straight Thanksgiving Day games. These are... The quarterback in this game, it's going to determine the outcome, and I like Mac- Matthew Stafford. I just got Woo! to go with him. Uh, oh, man. Uh, i Minnesota- a well upset special. Okay, Minnesota D held the Rams to seven points last week, but they didn't face a veteran like Matthew Stafford, who's uh, in the last five Thanksgiving Day games, Stafford has thrown 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's going to be on the money next time and i like detroit 27 talk
0: about too much luck on thanksgiving for detroit i think that good luck streak ends with the vikings tomorrow and look the vikings got revenge on their mind because they lost that home 14 to 7 back in week what four of the nfl season so very good game on the docket for the first game a good game between two competitive teams and you can kind of say that about the next one i think the chargers are a team on the rise the cowboys are a team on the decline still within a game of each other in terms of record wise los angeles comes in as actually a two-point favorite in this game on the road at dallas dallas opened the week as the favorite in this so tons of money tons of sharp money being bet on the Chargers side to win the Chargers have the momentum right now, and Dallas just got completely embarrassed. So this has the uh, on Sunday night against Philly, this has got to be that type of kind of pride game, or, you know, stand up and, and don't be embarrassed back-to-back weeks, especially in front of a national television audience. However, despite that, I think the Cowboys just cannot find their way without Zeke Elliott. It's very apparent right now, and I think the Chargers continue to roll on offense. Phillip Rivers has tons of weapons to throw the ball to. Melvin Gordon's a top five running back, not to mention Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the defensive side. I think the Chargers continue to roll and move on to 5-6, and six, potentially getting into playoff contention in the AFC. I got the Chargers in this one, 27, Cowboys 17, Chargers win by 10 and cover the spread. Both road teams covering the spread for me. What say you?
1: Well, Dallas, not only do they not have Elliott, but they're banged up too. Offensive tackle Tyrod Smith, and really the key guy on defense, linebacker Sean Lee, are both out. Uh, they look dead to me. Their spirit is down, and the Chargers are, are, are number three in sacks, led by the great Joey Bosa with 10.5. Uh, they've, they've had a lot of problems. They've caused a lot of problems. I, I think they're the up-and-coming team. That's going to make a run for the playoffs, even though they're 4-6. and six, They need this game
0: bad. I, I see the Chargers winning 24-20. Well, the Chargers 4-6, and, and all of their losses except for one has been by less than a touchdown. So, you know, coming off a huge win against Buffalo last week, picking off Nathan Peterman five times in the first half, that 54-24 win. So let's see if anything changes this week. And going into the last game of the day slash night, the New York Giants at the Washington Redskins, a.k.a. the Thanksgiving Mud Bowl of the week, Redskins at home favored by seven and a half points. So they got to win by more than a touchdown by eight points or more for them to cover this spread. I think Washington has enough. The Giants haven't shown me anything personally that they can actually beat a team that's worth a damn. <laughs> so let's keep that simple there. Kirk Cousins been playing very well. They should have had that win against the Saints last week, and they just completely blew that. But I think they get their act back together, and they try to fight for that NFC wild card spot. I got the Redskins winning big in this game. 30, Giants, 19, another big win. I got all three double-digit wins for the the Thursday games. What say you?
1: Well, the most interesting thing in this game is who's going to be the quarterbacks for these two teams next season. Kirk Cousins may be gone because of contract difficulties, and Eli Manning may be gone because of no more talent. What's your score? Too old. I like Washington 1710.
0: Alright, we'll be right back with some college games. We'll be right back. All right, we're back here with part two of our weekly quick picks podcast, our Turkey Day Extravaganza, and breaking down some exciting college football games for the weekend. We're gonna be adding in some college football picks here against the spread. For our group of five game of the week and our non-group of five game of the week, let's just get right into it. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist, sitting here with Mr. Allen Dell, the godfather, former Tampa Bay beat writer and NCAA sports writer, and my beloved USF Bulls. I'm a proud University of South Florida alum, not too proud of our football team at the moment, haven't been exactly operating at full steam uh, as I thought we would this year. Charlie Strong, is he to blame? Is he not to blame? We'll see about that. But USF at UCF, talk about the rivalry between the Tampa and Orlando schools. And this has been a big game for years between these two fan bases, but this year I've never seen UCF have such an edge and be favored by so much in a game between these two teams. Obviously, USF has won a majority of the contest between these two schools, but I'm going to let you take this because you've covered these games for years or probably over a decade on end, Mr. Allendale. What, what say you? What's your analysis and breakdown of this game, our official group of five game of the week for Go Baller FFS?
1: Well, USF leads the series 6-2. to two. Now, let me say this. If you have not followed USF football in the last couple of years and, and not this year, you do not realize how bad a job Charlie Strong has done. You look at that record, you might think, oh, he's a great coach. But he has ruined that team. Oh, he's made the defense better. I'll give him credit for that. But in every other <laughs> aspect, he has made the team less. Quinton Flowers, a Herald quarterback, has his worst stats in three years.
0: He was supposed to be a dark horse Heisman yeah. candidate this year.
1: Their one loss to Houston was because of extremely dumb clock management at the end of the game where they they were trying to hold on to a a three-point lead and and all they had to do was run the clock down and and run out almost all the clock and they did not they went to their hurry-up offense, which was the dumbest thing you could do. It's not poor clock management. That's too easy. It was dumb.
0: What's Uh, the deal with the special teams, man? They haven't even gotten into that that yet.
1: They're – they're next to last in the country and punt blocks allowed.
0: It seems and, like every time there's a punt, a field goal, or an extra point, something's getting blocked every other time. And, and
1: that's the same thing Charlie Strong did at Texas and why they ran him out of Texas. They ran him out of Texas because he couldn't coach. Look, the man's been a head coach coming into this season. He was a head coach for seven years. He only had two winning seasons, mm. two good seasons. Excuse me, he had a couple of mediocre years. And, and wasn't two, that mostly
0: because of Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah,
1: the two big years he had was when Teddy Br- Bridgewater was his quarterback. Mm. So I, I UCF is a ten-point favorite. Uh, this, can, this game, this game could be a blowout. I think the talent may be equal, but the coaching is definitely on Scott Frost. And uh, UCF, USF is it not? Uh, the only way they can have a chance for this game is their defense can keep uh, UCF under check. In the meantime, uh, UCF is not getting the respect it deserves. Nobody in the American Athletic Conference is getting the.
0: Well, just that so you say that, we say we were just talking about how the AAC president, Mike Oresco says the conference is wor- worthy of more respect, whether it's Memphis, US, USF, UCF. UCF sitting at 15 in the new college football playoff rankings, and yeah, they are favored by 10 in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if they became favored by a little bit more than that before the game actually kicks off on Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, but... What say you? I mean, you got a pick for this game? What's your final score, Mr. Allen, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bull, Mr. Godfather? What, what, what do you got in this one, man? Does UCF cover? Does USF yeah, keep yeah, it close?
1: I got UCF winning forty-two uh, twenty-eight.
0: Okay, two touchdown win right there. So it looks like Charlie Strong's defense isn't going to take care of business on the best Friday. Best thing that
1: could happen to USF is somebody offers Charlie Strong a job and he leaves, because otherwise, wait until he starts bringing in his own players. And he's got all Willie Taggart's players now. But he just, he just ruined that offense. The play calling's been horrible. Non-creative. They're trying to make a drop-back passer out of Quentin Flowers when he's, he, he's at his best when he's scrambling around. And it's just a crying shame. What that coach and staff did with that offense
0: at USF. Well, so, let me say, ask you this. If UCF, to wrap this up, if UCF wins this game and beats Memphis in the AAC championship, how high can they go in the yeah, rankings? They'll,
1: they'll, be the, they'll be the number one, team, number one group of five teams. The winner of this game and then the winner of Memphis against the winner of this game will be the highly, highest ranked group of five team and they will get a New Year's Day ball game. That's what they're playing. You
0: think they can get in the top ten overall? Into the oh, overall maybe, rankings.
1: Yeah, maybe they maybe.
0: should get that respect if they win those. UCF. They win these two games here, because that'd be the, maybe their two biggest wins of the season.
1: UCF could if they because they'd be undefeated.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna be jumping into our Bama at Auburn, our non-group of game of the week. We'll be right back sports world what is good back here with the final segment of our weekly nfl quick picks podcast featuring some college football for our turkey day extravaganza special and jumping into the big 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 game of the week in college football a game with national championship implications one of the most storied rivalries in all of college sports alabama at auburn the official iron bowl representing the state of alabama and just pure college football pageantry and this one I mean, Alabama obviously undefeated, number one coming into this game, but Auburn uh, still has the home field advantage, and Alabama is only favored by four and a half points on the road in this game. Looking at the schedule, I mean, Auburn had two very tight losses, lost lost to Clemson by eight points early in the season in week two, lost at LSU by four points, so you're looking at 12 points right there, and Alabama could be undefeated, number one in the country, but looking at this game i mean alabama has been favored all year and maybe if they lose this game they still have a chance to get in the national championship so what what say you mr Dell? what what are we look what are we looking for in terms of how are the college football playoff rankings going to shape out after this what are the major implications that, that we should be looking at here
1: yeah, well it's kind of an interesting first for alabama everybody gets on wisconsin and Riley salt for their their strength of schedule or lack thereof which ranks in the mid-60s but uh alabama strength of schedule is only 60 of course uh FSU hurts that. They, they were supposed to be a good team, a contender, but then they lost their quarterback, and that, that was the end of them. But this is uh, Nick Saban University, a.k.a. Alabama, versus Gus Malzone. Uh, this is for all the marbles. Alabama is banged up. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know if Auburn has the kind of offense that, that can take care of Alabama. You know, Alabama's had trouble through the years with these. Uh, Elite, dual-threat quarterbacks like Johnny Manziel, that gives them a lot of troubles. They they have big offensive linemen, and they'll run the ball down your throat. Uh, Jalen Hurst, uh, he does all right. He's not a great passer, but he always seems to get the job done, at least for Alabama. Yeah, this has major implications if Alabama loses. The question is, will they still make the Final Four? And I, I think they will. So, right, uh, as long
0: as they don't lose again in the SEC well, championship. They, they,
1: well, if Alabama lose, they don't go to the championship game. So. so that
0: almost could be a good thing for them in a sense, right? I mean, they, they might so that look like they'd be good either way to get in. I guess the question is, does Auburn also get in? But if they lose, they're out, huh? Three losses, you're not getting in the final four. Yeah,
1: if all, no, Auburn's done if they lose. If they win, they, you know, then they get to play Georgia for the SEC championship game, and a whole bunch of things could happen. Uh, things could be real simple, as I said before. If Auburn, excuse me, if Alabama, Oklahoma. Win, and then the the winner of say Miami beats Clemson, no, those three you're in, and Wisconsin's in. So,
0: let's see. Uh, so you're looking you're looking in that game. Some definitely big implications there. I think Bama wins on the road in this game i think that auburn obviously has two losses already on the season technically a little bit more pressure on them in this game from a mental standpoint And i think that bama should have that chip on their shoulder look this team didn't win the national championship last season so they're on a mission to prove something this year i got bama winning in a low scoring game in this one 24 to 20 but not covering the spread i think it's a very close tight uh Typical college football type of classic game between these two teams. And I forgot to throw you my pick of the UCF-USF over there. I'm not going to be biased in this one, but I think USF does keep it close. I at least hope they do for their damn pride, at least as a fan. I think UCF wins that game 30-27. to And it's very interesting you mentioned about Gus Malzahn from Auburn. It's like, okay, well, if he wins this game, he's going to be the hero of college football. And if he loses, he's going to be completely scapegoated and fired. And so goes college football coaching. I mean, there's some other interesting kind of hot seat Movements and different rumors and things like that. I mean, you know, your boy Chip Kelly, where do you think he's going to wind yeah, up again this the year? Of
1: the, the Chip Kelly sighting is all over the world. Uh, reports are he's he's been offered by Florida and UCLA and some other programs, but he's debating over Florida and UCLA. Where, what is the best spot for him? That, that's interesting. For on a pure football standard, I think Florida is a better place. Uh, they have more talent in the state of Florida, there's a lot of great players. He can recruit well. He can get the kind of talent he wants. UCLA is not that way. Football is not that – not UCLA football, I should say, is not that big time in California. There's so many other things to do, and and there's USC – and the Lakers, and so the see, so so Beach, you gonna, and the Dodgers. So.
0: Right, you got you got a lot of options there. You got, you got the water here in Florida, too. Don't hate on Florida now. I mean, it's a little cooler out there, a lot less humidity there. But I, I agree. I think the Gators are a much better option for Chip Kelly and what he's trying to do. So what are we leaving uh, the sports world with uh, this week? Uh, going into Turkey Day tomorrow, what, you, what, what dish are you looking forward to the most, Mr. Allendale?
1: Alabama, Albert. Alabama. So you're looking
0: for the football dish? I'm looking for some freaking green bean casserole. We'll see you guys tomorrow.